Oh yeah, here we go. We are ready to go today. And I hope you're ready. New Hope Radio. So great to be together at this time every day studying the Word of God. Hope you're having a good day. Weather doesn't look too bad. Not great, but not too bad. Doing okay. Today we wrap up our series called You Are Beautiful. It's an important series. You know why? Because there are so many people, too many people, they do not see themselves as beautiful. They don't. Actually, many people see themselves just the opposite. Insignificant, valueless, obscure. Some even think they're ugly. Actually, even if you've ever felt this way, and you don't think people love you, know that the Lord loves you. Oh, and He does, and He demonstrated it by coming down to give Himself for you. Today, I want you to see something. You know what that is? That the King desires your beauty. How do you know the king desires your beauty? Because God tells us in Psalm 45. That's how we know. And we're going to take a look at that right now. Okay, so as we get into Psalm 45, it's believed that it's written about Solomon and uh, his many wives. Now, we always struggle with that, don't we? That Solomon had all these wives because, you know, God commanded one man to be married to one woman. That's it. That's the way he set it up. But in this psalm, which is a song, really, it's not a doctrinal treatise, it's a song. And it's an allegory. The many wives that came from many nations represent God's invitation that goes out into the whole world. Oh, that's something more people need to know. God is inviting everybody into the whole, in the whole world to come into a relationship with him. So therefore, the psalmist said, listen, O daughters, give attention and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. That speaks of their own home. Forget about where you're from. So the allegory meaning, the allegorical meaning is, listen to my gospel message. I'm going to speak just on one verse in this song, verse 11. Then the king will desire your beauty. Forget your people and your father's house. Wow. There's the invitation. The king will desire your beauty. Forget your people and your father's house. What's the word desire mean? It means to long for. It even means to lust after. The father's house. What Solomon is saying is, will you leave what you are comfortable with to have a relationship with me? 
And that's what God is saying to people. Will you leave what you are comfortable with to have a relationship with me? See, there must always be a leaving before there is a cleaving, right? Ephesians 5.31, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. And yet, so it is with the wife. She's got to leave her father and mother and be joined to her husband. So we can accurately say that Jesus desires a relationship with us. But what is it that makes for a healthy relationship? Oh, good question. How can I have a healthy relationship with my Lord? Well, the same things apply to having a healthy relationship with your spouse. Same principles. Let's take a look. Four things I'm going to give you today. Number one, attraction. There is a drawing power between the two people. The drawing power of attraction. When God brought Eve to Adam, Adam took one look. Boom. (laughs) He immediately recognized her as his mate. He said, oh, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. See, when Adam was naming all the animals, his connection with them eh, is kind of limited. Maybe they even passed by. They hung around in twos. And Adam's like, two of them, two of them, two of them, two of them, one of me. What's wrong with this picture? But when the Lord brought Eve, he knew she was different. Oh, yeah. She was just like him. And to him, she was more beautiful than all the animals, all the other creatures. There was an immediate attraction when Adam saw Eve. Okay? Secondly, we're talking in the human realm right now. A healthy relationship requires communication. The ability to express one's thoughts, feelings, and ideas. That's communication. When someone knows they are loved, they feel safe when expressing themselves. I say there must always be a safe zone between a husband and wife when they communicate. That safe zone allows them the freedom to express what they're thinking, how they're feeling, without being attacked. Or without someone going someone going into defense mode. Do you have that safe zone in your marriage? Or when someone expresses how they feel, do the walls go up? Does someone feel like, oh no, I'm not worthy, or I'm being attacked, or this isn't, no. you got to have healthy communication. You know the marriages that don't make it? The ones that can't talk about their problems securely and safely. you got to be able to talk. you got to be able to share your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings. That good communication ensures a good marriage relationship. A healthy relationship requires, number three, time. You know, time is the best gift, gift with a T, that you can give. The only thing you give that you can't get back. Sharing time is like sharing yourself. Everything else you can get back. Oh, you can share money. 
You can get more money. You can share your lunch. You can get more lunch, more food. You can share your car. You, But when you share time, you're giving something you can't get back. That's why it's such a wonderful gift. It's a very meaningful gift when you share time in a relationship. And then fourthly, a healthy relationship requires service. What is service? Doing things for the other person. Service is in, I like this part, impartation of love. That's what service is. You're imparting love to someone. Right? When you serve them, you're loving them with action. Okay? Now, that's in the human realm. Let's take those principles and apply them to our relationship with the Lord who also desires to have us in his company. The king desires your beauty. He desires a relationship with you. Remember we talked about God making you beautiful last time? Oh yeah, we talked all about that. Now he desires to bring you closer and have that relationship. And the requirements, they're not much different. There's number one, attraction. You know that he is beautiful to you. The Lord is beautiful. Oh, David wrote, One thing I've asked from the Lord, one thing that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Oh, where did David say that? Psalm 27, verse 4. So we already talked last time, right? God desires, he made us beautiful. And now David is saying, we see the Lord in his beauty. But you are beautiful to him. Because as we're talking about today from Psalm 45, verse 11, the king desires your beauty. The psalmist also said in Psalm 139.14, I will give thanks to you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. Wonderful by God's hand and wonderful in God's sight. Do you see yourself that way? God does. Oh, yes, he does. David sees himself that way. Wonderful by God's hand and wonderful in God's sight. Of course you're wonderful in God's sight because God made you. He made you wonderful. What does wonderful mean? Oh, full of wonder. Full of wonder. You look at a little infant, full of wonder. You watch that little infant grow, full of wonder. Oh, and God watches you, and he watches you grow. And he's full of wonder. You are wonderfully made. You have to remember that. And therefore, he loves you in a wonderful way. You're wonderful in his sight. Second thing that's important in our relationship with God, just like in the human realm, communication. You know, God began the talk. He initiated communication. How did he do that? By giving us his word. Jesus is the Logos, the Word of God. Christ is 
God's communication to us. Right? He's the Word of God. And God wants to talk to us. So you know what he does? Sends his son. And his son <laughs> is the communication between God <clears throat> and us. Didn't Jesus say, the words I speak, they're not even my own. They're my father's. He tells me what to say. Jesus is the word of God. Isaiah acknowledged in his little book, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, the Lord is speaking through Isaiah and he said, come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Isn't that the coolest thing? God on high wants to reason with us. He wants to communicate with us. You know, the ancient religions didn't have that. I know, but we haven't. There are so many things the Lord wants to talk to you about. That's why spending time in his word is so vital. That's where you hear him. Think of how much time you spend talking to people throughout the day. Probably have to talk to coworkers, have to talk to your boss, have to talk to people around you, have to talk to your family. Sometimes you have to talk to strangers. Well, you know what? The Lord, he desires that too. Yeah. He would like some conversation. The best is first thing in the morning, or if you must, the last thing at night. I like the verse that says we should pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean we never come out of our prayer closet. To me, it means we are in constant communication with God throughout the day. Because what is prayer? Talking to God. That's it. Talking to God. So we're in constant communication with God. Thanking Him for things throughout the day. You know, I, I thank Him for green lights. <laughs> I thank Him that He gets me through dangerous intersections. I thank Him. I can always buy the food that my family needs. You know, you think of the things that we thank Him for. He wants to talk to you about your sins. He's not going to condemn you and judge you. You know what he says? Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Oh, though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. He wants you to know when it comes to your sins, there is forgiveness. Oh, yeah. There's forgiveness in Christ. He wants to talk to you about your worries. Some of you have been worrying too much. You're looking too far into the future. And you know what he says in Matthew 6.34? Do not worry about tomorrow. Hey, let tomorrow take care of itself. You can only live life one day at a time. Today is today. Live today. And if you're going to think about tomorrow, don't let worry be part of it. That's all. Don't let worry be part of it. Okay, He wants to talk to you about your burdens. Oh, some of you carrying this heavy weight. You're not only carrying the weight of your own life, you're carrying the weight of your kid's life. You're carrying the weight of your spouse's life. Sometimes you feel like you're carrying the weight of the whole world. And Jesus wants to talk to you about that. You know what he said? He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Oh, 
I'll give you rest. You know when he said that? In Matthew 11, verse 28. He knows sometimes we have a tendency to take on more than we should. Or maybe what we're carrying is what we should, but it's like heavy. By the end of the day, you are worn. You are tired. You spend so much time carrying burdens, you don't have enough strength left for joy and to have fun. So Jesus says, I don't want that for you. No. He says, if that's you, come over here. Come over here, all of you that are weary. You're tired, heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. And you know where the rest is? It's where we really need it, in our soul. We need rest in our soul. You know, we're living in a day and age here in America. That's too much. We are an overload. We are on overload with information, information overload. We are on overload with busyness, too much to do. We are on overload with responsibilities. We take on too many. And you know what? We have to take more control of our life and limit that overload. And when you're in a place where you're feeling it, that's where you go to Jesus. Let him give you rest for your soul. He wants to talk to you about so many things. So many things. He wants communication. You know, sometimes they go in restaurants and maybe you have the same experience. You see couples sitting at a table eating, but they're not talking to each other. Either they're just eating their meal or they're on their cell phones. But sometimes you just don't see any interaction and you wonder, what's going on? Why aren't they enjoying their time together? Do they have nothing to talk about? Are they angry with each other? Do they have a gift certificate that they have to use, but they don't like each other? (laughs) I don't know. Ever want to go over there and say, hey, how come you guys aren't talking? (laughs) You might might get a fork in your eye if you do that, so you might not want to do that. But, um, it's, you know, sometimes you see it and it's like sad. You see people enjoying a meal, but they're not enjoying the meal. They go out to have a good time, but it doesn't look like they're having a good time. And yes, we have to work at this. We have to work at good communication. The third thing the Lord wants to have to help us in our relationship with him, because he desires your beauty, is time. He wants to spend time with you. Think of all the heroes of the faith, right? As we read through our Bibles, God got alone with so many of them. And he spent time with them. He spent time with Moses, right? He introduced himself at the burning bush on the mountain. And then many times Moses would go away, go up the mountain for a month, spend time with God. I'm sure God liked that. And Moses did too. Jacob spent time with the Lord. Oh, at one point, he wrestled with him all night long. Remember that? Had a little wrestling match. That's okay. You want to wrestle with God? He'll meet you. He'll wrestle with you. Apostle Paul spent three years in Arabia after his conversion. Spent time with God. You know what he got there? Revelation. Teaching. Yeah. How did he become the great apostle? How did he know all that stuff? Spent time with God. God taught him. 
Oh, when you spend time with God, you learn a lot of stuff. Yes, you do. Jesus, he spent time with his father. He often went into the gardens or up on the mountains, get away from the crowd, spend time with his father in prayer, in communication. He had to get built up, you know. His his ministry, demanding like no other. He had people that loved him, people that hated him. He had people that needed him. He had people that wanted to use him. He had it all. He had it all. Oh, he needed to get away and spend time with his father. He needed to work on his relationship with God the Father. And then we've got so many other heroes of the faith. Gideon, Joshua, the prophets. How do the prophets speak for God if they don't first spend time with God and hear from God? So time is important. If you want a healthy relationship with God, you got to put in the time. And God wants you to. You know why? Because he desires your beauty. Time spent makes for a healthy relationship in the human realm and in the divine realm. Think of all the people you give time to. He wants to be included in that number. And then lastly, a healthy relationship requires service. Because as we said, service is an act of love. Right? When you serve your spouse, you're loving them. Think of all the people you serve. Yes, hopefully your spouse, your boss at work, family members, hopefully. Think of the greatest act of service God the Father has done for you. Oh, he redeemed you. What? Yeah. With the shed blood of his son. Oh, he served you like no other. No one ever served you like God did. No one. In a healthy relationship, service is mutual. Yet, you got to be careful because service can be misdirected. He can serve the wrong things. Psalm 97 in verse 7 says, Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images. Graven? What does that mean? They're like, you know, dead, man-made. The word ashamed means disappointed. You know what else it means? To become dry. And a dry person has no life. Like a dead tree. You see a dead tree? It's got no life. A dead tree is only good for one thing, to be burned. That's it. So the littlest acts of service in a relationship, oh, they carry a ton of weight. You bring someone a cup of coffee, that's heavy. Jesus talked about giving a cup of cold water, right? You get a disciple's reward. You give someone an encouraging phone call. It might sound like a little thing, but you know what? It's a big thing that needs the encouragement. Oh, yeah. It's a big thing to that person. So in our service to God, think about it. Everything you do is big. You know why? Because love makes it big. And it's received that way. Everything you do for God is because you love God. And God says, that's big. Because love is big. So these these are the things that make for a healthy relationship. Whether it's with another person, your spouse, or whether it's 
the Lord himself. And one added note, there are times when one goes out of their way to cultivate a healthy relationship. And think about it. You know, you go out of your way for someone because you love them, right? You might run an errand for them. You might get up in the middle of the night, go to the drugstore, get them some medicine. Or you might pick them up somewhere or give them a ride somewhere. You know, we go out of our way, but we don't mind because of love. So think about not having just a convenient relationship with God. Maybe doing some things that maybe, you know, it's a little going out of your way, but you love God, so you do it. Maybe it'd be like, attending midweek service for those that don't. So you go a little out of your way. Maybe it's spending some quiet time with God when you never did. Could be in the Hope Club, getting that devotional every morning, six minutes. It's, you know, oh, I got my morning routine. Well, that could be part of your morning routine. Maybe you consider it going out of your way, but when it's love, it's not going out of your way. Think of how, think of how far Jesus went out of his way to have a relationship with us. <laughs> how far did he go? How many billions of light years from heaven to earth? I don't know. But he went pretty far, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. He went out of his way. You know why? Because he loved his father. His father loved us and he loved his father. So his father sent him to earth and he came because his father told him to come, and he did. See, all the great things that were done for us by God, you know why they were done? Because of love. And you just saw four aspects of love, four things that makes love real, and that enhances any relationship. God did it for us, we can do it for him. Tell you what, when we do these things, it's always better. These are the things that make life better. Want a better life? Or you want a butter life? I'll take a better life. Butter is bad for your cholesterol. But better is good for your life. Okay. Hey, thank you for coming along today. Support us if you can by joining the Hope Club. Don't forget, we have more messages on our website. And you can email me anytime. New Hope Radio, the number seven, at gmail.com. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.